0: Welcome tonight. How's everybody doing? It's not raining. (laughs) It's different. It's unusual. I don't know what to do if it's not raining. What are we going to do? All right. Well, I'm excited about the message tonight. But don't I say that every time? Because it's true. I believe God's word when it's a time to come together and look into His word. That's a good time. And I'm like, wow, Lord, we just finished a great series here about spiritual warfare, about the armor of God, and prayer as a secret weapon. I said, well, where are you going to have us to go tonight? And he had me go somewhere I normally don't like to tread. (laughs) And that's the book of Revelation. So if you would, stand with me tonight. We're going to see what the Spirit has for us. I might not like to go there, but the Holy Spirit will teach us all things. Do you believe that tonight? Revelation chapter 3. And we're going to look at verse 14 to 20. Get there. I believe the Lord has a message for us tonight. I still hear pages flipping. I love that. I'll give you a little secret. I don't know if y'all know the little Spanish kid that was coming to church with me with my son Joshua. He was at Carowinds tonight. He wanted to come tonight, but he was at Carowinds. (laughs) But he told me, I got my little electronic Bible. He said, I just don't like those things. I like to have the physical Bible. And when he would come, I would bring it. He's not here tonight. I got my electronic Bible. (laughs) But I tell you, little little kids spoke volumes. I mean, we got to go back to the things that we know are solid. Let's go look at Revelation chapter three, verse fourteen to twenty, and it reads this way. And unto the angel of the church of Laodiceans, write these things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God, and here we go. I know thy works That thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm. And neither cold nor hot. I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest I am rich. And increased with goods. And have need of nothing. And knowest not. That thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and that shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thy eyes with eyesalve and that thou mayest see. And as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him, and he with me. Let's pray. Father God, it's once again that we come to this hour of hearing your word. Lord God, we pray that I decrease and you increase. We pray that the Spirit, Lord God, take the word tonight and penetrate our hearts and our minds. And we'll thank you for all you do. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I like to title the message tonight, Lukewarm. Lukewarm. Does anybody know what lukewarm is? Not hot, not cold. Well, let me give you a little bit of background about Laodicean. Laodicean, in this name itself, means people's rights. People's rights. Laodicean was a city that was very rich. It had. It was a major financial banking center of the day. It also was known for fine linen. People would track there to get the fine linen, like the Gucci's and all that stuff you see in Paris. This was a hot center. But also, Laodicea also had a resource there um, which was a medical um, a medical supply called Ilav, say I think I 'm saying that right, that you would put over their eyes and it would heal eye conditions. So they had three things going on, and it made them very popular, but even more than that. the location of Laodicea, was important. It was located between a city that had hot springs, which had some some medicinal um, properties about it that would, you know, make people feel good, their body feel good. Some hot springs, but then just to the south there was cold springs. So Laodicea sat right in the middle. That's where the word lukewarm comes from. The interesting note about this is that how many churches were there in the Bible? I mean, in Revelations that Jesus talked. Seven. Laodicea is the last church that he's talking about. And this is the only church he did not praise. Laodicea was a worldly church they started out well but did not finish well so here's what the Lord the Spirit is talking to them about he comes to them as a counselor and then he comes with condemnation and then he gives them counsel and then he gives them a challenge and I believe tonight that the Lord is talking not only to them, but to us as well. The Bible says, hear what the Spirit says to the churches. What are you going to hear tonight? So when we look into the mirror of God's Word, guess what? We have to make adjustments. And the good news is that He gives us opportunity. I like this because... He is really going to come down and show Laodicean who they really are. When the Lord shows you who you are, we need to take note. Is that right? And make some adjustments. Look at verse 14. We'll start there. There are three classifications of of God in this scripture. I love looking at scripture. Pay attention to the commas there when you're reading. Let's look at this verse 14. And he said, and the angel of the church of Laodicean write, these things saith the Amen. We'll stop right there. The Amen is in reference to who He is. He is God. Always know who's talking to you. If a knucklehead's talking to you, don't pay him any mind. If a fool's talking to you, don't pay him any mind. But he says to all men, pay attention. This is God talking here. So this references who he is. Now, he says the faithful and true witness... This references what he does. He's true, and he's faithful. So he is going and he's coming to you telling you that I'm God, I'm faithful and I'm true. Pay attention. And then he says, the beginning of the creation of God, this is some references to what he has done. He is the creator of all that we know. And he knows the end before the beginning. So, so he tells them, I know thy works. The condemnation. And he said, that thou lukewarm. That means you're not cold or you're not hot. Have you ever... Has your mind set on a drink, a cold drink, like a like a real icy cold, and then you go taste it and it's hot or warm, or you want to get something really hot, and then it's warm, it's lukewarm. That means it's good for nothing. So, G- so God, Jesus comes and says, because thou art lukewarm. And neither cold or hot, I'll spew you out of my mouth. Now that spew word is so powerful because it really talks about vomit. That means you're no good for anybody. So he's going to vomit you out. Now, so he comes and tells them that they're lukewarm. And that he is not satisfied with them. What is the Lord saying to you? Are you lukewarm? Is he satisfied with you? There's a song that um, my mom's church used to sing. Is God satisfied with me? Do we ask ourselves that question? Is God satisfied with me? Or are you lukewarm? Lukewarm, you can also use the term comfortable. It's funny, my son's here tonight because he actually spoke on a message about Christians in their comfort zone. And that's true. We become so comfortable with who we are, what we have, what we can do, and we get to a point where we don't need God. Isn't that true? I'll tell you, this is true when we go out witnessing. We go to the really impoverished area, we get good results. We go to those with houses and fancy homes, the result's not good. They say, hey, we have everything that we, don't, we need, we don't need God. Wow, think about that. Matter of fact, even Laodicean, this rich city actually got destroyed. And then by a major earthquake. And the Roman Empire offered assistance to help them rebuild it. But they say, hey, we don't need Rome. We can do it ourselves. They were in fact saying, we don't need you Rome, and we don't need you God. Wow. Are you in your comfort zone where you don't need God? Well, let me tell you, God will put you in a position where you will need Him. And then you'll have to come to Him. I want you to take a look at verse 17. And this is a sad little area here. Because this is how Laodicean see, saw themselves. Here's what they said. They said, Because thou saith, I am rich. See, so watch these commas. We'll stop right there and talk about each one of these. They were proud and trusting in their wealth. I'm rich. I don't need anybody else. I can do what I want to do. There's always a danger when you're rich. You know, this was a thing with Job. Job was rich, but he still served the Lord. And that's key. Are you still going to serve the Lord? God knew that Job would continue to serve him. Now the next thing says... Increase with goods. I told you they were a major center for wool, black wool. And it was very, it was glossy. So it was very expensive. So they said, hey, we have everything supplied that we need. And they always wanted more they always want more. They're never satisfied. And then the next thing. It says, have need of nothing. They said they didn't need help from Rome. And they didn't need help from God. So that's what they saw. But look, as we continue on, there's some things... That Jesus tells them. Now listen to this. He says, "And knowest not that thou art wretched." Wow. He told them that it was wretched. They have became so callous and hardened that they were not being moved by the Spirit. They weren't console, concerned about lost souls. They was just learn were concerned about inquiring more. Are we concerned about lost souls for Christ? That is the really only thing that He told us to be concerned about. But we were concerned about so many other things. That's going on in churches. I can tell you today that if Jesus would visit the churches today, he probably wouldn't be able to get in. We got him standing on the outside, he would probably have to pay a cover charge to get in. And then when he comes in, we're wondering who are they praising? Or we're coming in for a service and we're stuck in the motion and not being moved by the Spirit. But we show up, but we come in and we sit. And we don't do what Christ told us to do. We have to focus on what's important. He told them that they were wretched, they were callous. And hardened. And then he says, and miserable. They thought they had it going on. But here's the worst problem they could not feel their condition. Wow. That's miserable. When you know that, when you don't know that you're in sin, and you continue to go with the flow, you're miserable you think you're happy but you're not they have all this wealth and they're not happy you talk to millionaires, billionaires a day they're not happy no matter how much money they have acquired they are not happy they're miserable and then he goes on and says and poor they were in need of spiritual insight they were bankrupt they were a banking center but yet they were spiritually bankrupt they were poor this is Jesus telling them how he sees them and then he says that they are blind that means they cannot see spiritual things They couldn't discern between right and wrong. What a terrible place to be when you can't discern right from wrong. They're calling good evil and evil good. Wow. They are blind and cannot see. And then, he tells them the last thing. They're naked. They're not clothed with righteousness. Remember we talked about righteousness? Let's look at this scripture here. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6. Isaiah 64, verse 6. It says, but we are all as unclean thing. And all our righteousness are as filthy rags. And we do fade as a leaf. And our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. All the righteousness that they were doing... He said it was filthy rags. And it will not come to please him in the end. So there was three things that they thought they were rich, increased with goods, and they had need of nothing. But Jesus showed them five things that they needed. Now the good news... Once Jesus shows you who you really are, you need to believe it. And then you need to make some adjustments. Like I said, it's just like looking in that mirror. The purpose of a mirror is so you can see yourself. When you get into God's Word, it's a mirror. And He will show you yourself. And then you will have to make adjustments. But, look at verse... 18 This is the counsel of God. That means He's given us instructions. So pay attention. He's about to cancel us. He says, I cancel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich. This gold represents faith. Because his faith is tried in the fire. He's asking them to come in faith. And this is what Jesus is saying tonight. You need to come in faith. You know your miserable condition. But you need to purchase of me with faith that is tried in the fire. Isn't that good news? I don't know about you, but that's good news. By gold, tried in fire, that represents faith. And then he goes on and says, And white raiment that thou mayest be clothed. This is talking about righteousness. So once you receive Jesus by faith, he wants you to live righteously. And then that's where that white raiment symbolizes it. Take a look at this scripture. Revelations 19, verse 8. Revelations 19, verse 8. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen. Clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Are you going to have your white robe? Are you living righteously so you can get that white robe? And then he says, anoint thine eyes with eyesalves that thou mayest see. And this represents forgiveness. He is ready to forgive you if you open your eyes and come to Him in faith. So that's the good news. And then verse 19 reminds us that He is talking to the church. I think that's the key thing here. Look at verse 19. He says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. And then he says, be zealous, therefore, and repent. Wow. He wants us. He loves us. If you have a child and they are constantly doing things wrong, are you going to discipline them? if you don't discipline you don't love them you're going to discipline them because you love them he says as many as I love I rebuke that means I'm you know, telling you what you did wrong then I'm chasing you and then he wants you to repent Repent means changing your mind and going in a different direction. It's just like I told you if a child tries to touch a hot stove and you don't try to discipline, he's going to be hurt. So, you discipline them so they won't be hurt. Now, we're talking about being lukewarm here. Verse 19, as I said, reminds us that Jesus is talking to the church. So I like this. He didn't throw Laodicean away. He didn't give them any condemnation. But he is loving them. He's chasing He's rebuking them and chasing them and telling them to come back. Now, I want you to look at these next two verses, because I think it makes it clear. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17. Please write these two down if you haven't wrote any down tonight. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17. And this is where we are, there's no doubt. 1 Peter chapter four verse seventeen reads this way For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel? It will start in God's house. By being obedient to God's Word. Now, when it talks about starting in God's house, guess what? You are God's house. It only takes one person to start in. When you have received the Word of God into your heart and you repent, change your mind and go in a different direction, the Lord is ready to use you. He has already showed you who you are he disciplined you, and now you have repented, and now you're ready to do the work of the Lord. Because you know that the only thing that pleases Him, the only thing that can glorify the Father, is what? Winning souls. We've talked about it many times. Now look at this verse. I know we've seen this one before. 2 um, Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14 2nd Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14 are we there? praise God you're a quick flipper there Beverly um, here we go he says if my people he's talking about us he is pleading for us judgment starts with us which are called by my name shall humble themselves Laodicean was proud how many of us are proud? let me give you a hint folks, this is not your church we cannot have agendas where we're trying to do things our way we have to humble ourselves Pray. I want you to know tonight that you are going to leave this place one day and what have you left it with? Is it better or worse? You always look at pastors. You can always find a good pastor when they're training up men behind them to take over the rain. Just like Moses had to pass it to Joshua. Are you training young people to take over? If you're not, you're missing the boat. We have to set our personal agendas aside and then know that this is not our church, but the Lord. Now, he said, "It's my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and do what? Pray. It all starts with prayer. I was telling you, I tell you, if you ever get a chance to study the book of Nehemiah, do it. We preached on that before. And I love it. My boy's going to Haiti. I say, I hope you have prayed double the time before you go. Because prayer will prepare you. For what lies ahead. And he says seek my face. And get this. And turn. From your wicked ways. Mm. We all have wicked ways. I'm not going to stand up here and say I'm an angel. But I have some ways that I need to turn from. I need to humble myself. And when we do that. He says then will I hear from heaven. And I will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. I think the most misunderstood thing is that do Christians sin? Some people say no, but I beg to differ. They do sin. This proves it right here. First John one nine, he said, "If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all." Unrighteousness. He wants us to come to Him. I want you to get tonight is that you look into that mirror and recognize where you stand with Jesus. And if you find yourself lacking, He is pleading to you tonight to come. He said, simply come to me. He said, buy of me gold. That's faith. And then once you get that faith, you will live righteously for Him and wear that white raiment. And then you can get that ice slob on your f- eyes and your eyes will see. And I'll tell you what you'll see. is all the lies you've been told over the years. That we need to trust God rather than man. I tell you, as I've been doing these series, the Lord has really been opening my eyes to a lot of things. That's what Romans chapter 12 says. We have to renew our mind. We have been taught so much wrong stuff you wouldn't believe. But that's why that eye love opens you up. So you can see, here's our last verse. Um, verse 20. Man, this is a good one. you got to get this one. Verse 20. Listen to verse 20. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. The Holy Spirit is knocking at the door of your heart tonight. He is knocking. There was a famous picture, you probably know it, Of Jesus standing outside of the house. And then um, there's no handle on the door. Somebody say, well, there's a problem with that picture. There's no handle on the outside of the door. But what was his reply? It has to be open from the inside. He's not going to kick the door down. He says, I stand at the door knock... If any man hear my voice, get this, and open the door. You have to open the door. And get this. He says, I will come in to him and sup with him and he with me. Wow. He is going to have fellowship with you. And you are going to be a part of the family. In the Jews' um, tradition, they ate three times a day. They had a big breakfast, a light lunch, and then just a meagerly supper. Where the families got together and sat around. He says, I want to sup with you. I want a fellowship with you. He wants a relationship with you. But you must... Open the door. He's knocking. Will you let him in? He's knocking. So many times, Christians are straddling the fence. They're trying to please man, and they're trying to please God. And it won't work. I'll give you a quick example. Um, I probably shouldn't. We're running out of time. Um, I remember when I got married, very young. And it was the first Christmas, and then I wanted to please my mom by going, so you know, going home on for, on Christmas. But my wife was at her parents' house, and my wife wanted me to stay. So I drove Christmas Eve night up to Virginia, spent six hours with my mom, and then said, "Hey, I gotta leave." She got mad at me. Then I went back to my wife. She was mad at me for leaving. <laughs> I was trying to please two people. You can't straddle offense. If I simply were to look into God's Word where He says leave your father and mother and cleave to your wife, it wouldn't have been an issue. Mom, I love you, but my wife wants me here. Place closed. Will you trust God? That's the bottom line. Like I tell you, when you get into God's Word, there are some tough decisions you have to make will you make them for him? And I'll close with this. is as he says, he is knocking at the door of your heart. And he wants you to let him in. If you're saved tonight, I want you to think about this sermon and say, am I a lukewarm Christian? Have I lost my zeal for him? Have I lost my zeal for the work of Christ? Look at verse 19. He says, Be zealous, therefore, and repent. We have to run to Him with excitement, knowing that He will make the difference in your life. So look into the mirror of God's Word, and when you find out who you are in God's Word, make the adjustments. Open the door and let Him in. So I'll close with that and give you an opportunity. i like to close out in prayer. And as we pray, remember the altar is always open. If the Lord has spoke to you, get down here and say, Lord, I heard you. Change me. Make me new. If you haven't received him. And if you've already received him, say, Lord God, I know that I'm your child. And I was blind. I was miserable. I'm living in sin. But I want you to change me tonight. You can start on that new road tonight. Are you willing to say I give it all to him no matter what? Or do you still love being in your comfort zone where you think you have got it all under control and you not turned it over to him? Don't be a lukewarm choke. Don't be like Laodicean. They think they had it all. But Jesus told them exactly who they, were, are, who they were, and He gave them the opportunity to come back. It's your turn tonight. So if you would stand with me. And the altar is open as we pray for those that want to come down. Father God, it's once again that we come under the magnificent name of Your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank You for this message that You have given to the churches. And no doubt, Lord God, given to us. Lord God, we, we're stuck in so many things, Lord God, and we're so comfortable doing so many things. Our prayer is, Lord God, that you boot us out of our comfort zone. Lord God, that we can fully trust in you for all things. And Lord, we'll thank you for all that you do tonight. Now, Lord, if anyone wants to come to the altar, Lord God, and pray for those that have not received your son, Jesus Christ, Lord God, it's that time tonight. They can come and say, Lord God, I know I'm a sinner. And I'm sorry for my sins. I believe that Jesus died on the cross. And on that third day he rose with all power. Come into my heart and save me. And Lord for those that have accepted you Lord God. They come and say Lord God I know I'm a lukewarm Christian. And I haven't done all that you told me to do. Spark that fire in me Lord God. That I can be hot or cold to your glory. And we'll thank you Lord for all that you do. In Jesus name we pray. Chumba. Chumba, ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. we by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.